Woo! Happy New Year, man. It is so good to see you. You've already started it right. You're in church today. For some of you, it was easier than others. Uh, but you're in church the first Sunday of 2022, so you got a perfect record already. Congrat! Go ahead, pat yourself on the back real quick. You know, you're doing well. You're doing good. Um, we are so glad to have you, all of you that are online, that maybe you traveled this weekend or whatever. We're honored to have you with us as well today. So good, so good. Hey, go ahead and turn enter on your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to hang our, our start the day, and then we're going to connect the Old Testament and New Testament together and so much going on. I want to let you know a few things while you're doing that. Number one, next week is one of my favorite Sundays that we ever have. We have Baptism Sunday right here at Radiate Church next Sunday. Um, here's why it's important. Our host at the end is going to tell you how you can get signed up for that. I want to tell you why it's important. It's so important here. Uh, it's so important in your life. There's biblical precedent to, to have an outward expression of the inward change God has given you. And we love celebrating that and being a part of that. When you go under, it is an outward expression of, hey, listen, old life is under new life when I come up. I'm just a completely different person, and I want you, my church body, to sell, and friends and family to celebrate that and hold me accountable to that. We had somebody walk out of the 10 o'clock and grab me right there in the lobby, and they said, I want to sign up for baptism next week. And so I took them over to the Connect Center, and they did that, and we love it, man. So if you have not been baptized, maybe you gave your life to Jesus recently, or maybe you've given your life to Jesus and you've never taken that step, we would love to baptize you next Sunday. If you're online and you want more information, you can put it in the in the comment box. We'll get you some info there. And uh, so be here next Sunday to celebrate life change with us. Man, I was listening to um, that last song, All Three Services, Yes and Amen. And I just feel like, wouldn't that be a great declaration for 2022 for so many of us, right? Just, God, if you say it, yes. And God, if you say it, amen. I to put a period on the end of it. It just is what it is. Yes and amen. God, I trust you. Sometimes that's easy to do. And sometimes it's not. But when we do that, it just changes everything. And so let's just, let's just keep singing that. Let's keep doing that. Radiate worship, man. They, they, they bring it every week. But the declaration of yes, yes and amen. So we're out of 2021. We're moving into 2022. How many of you guys have already written a date wrong this year? All right. You've had two days to screw it up, guys. All right. I've written it wrong already. Uh, some of you are like, I hadn't left the house in three days, Pastor. So like, I haven't had a chance. Okay. In fact, this is my first time out of PJs, and I'm only half out of PJs. No, it, 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 2022, I'm one of those guys that always believes in building on something and progressing and use, use everything as a building block. So I just believe, like at Radiate, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take 2021, which was an amazing year for us, a great year, and we're going to build on it. We're going to make it better. We're going to make 2022 better than last year. We're going to reach people more than we ever have. We're going to impact lives more than we ever have. We're going to serve more than we ever have. You're going to hear more, and, and maybe you saw it on the pre-service screen, but we're doing something this year called Serve Saturdays. Every month, we're going to have a Serve Saturday where we're going to serve somewhere in the community, and we're going to make a difference in people's lives. And so we want you to be a part of that. First one is on the 29th, but that's just one thing that we're going to do. Life groups are going up. You're going to hear more about that coming up. There's so many things going on this year that's just going to help us draw closer to God and make an impact everywhere that we go, which is why I wanted to do this series at the very beginning called Win the Year. Win the Year. I don't, it's not so much for me about how we start the year. It's about how we finish the year. I think the real success comes from how we finish and not how we start. Because you can start a race as the fastest person on the line, right? But you can finish in last place. You can start in first and finish in last. Why? Because you run out of steam. Anybody ever do that? Like, 
Have you already set your resolutions? Let's, let's talk, okay? Have you already set your resolutions, anybody? Right? You set them, and usually by like February 16th, we're like, um, or January 16th, we're like, no, I'm good, right? I set mine. I did pretty good being healthy in 2021, and I was like, I'm going to build on that, right? So, Mike, I said, 2022, I'm going to eat better, I'm going to do better, and I sat down in my recliner last night, and somehow a Little Debbie Christmas tree cake found its way in my hand. It was, the, it was the weirdest thing. And it wasn't even from Little Debbie. That was a Big Debbie cake. Like, that thing, it was big. Big Debbie showed up. Like, that thing was big. And it was great. I'm not going to lie. It was amazing. In fact, I could eat one right now if I had one. And, and that's what happens. But again, it's about building habits that make us better, right? It's about building habits for consistently doing the little things that build on top of each other, that build a lifestyle of making us better. Like, it's not about reading the Bible in one day, right? It's about learning the Bible. It's about getting the Bible in us. It's about, okay, I'm going to start with five, or, and then I'm going to learn, this, and then I'm going to dig into this verse. And, that, and by the end of it, we're like, oh, man, I know so much more about the Bible this year. And so I want to talk in this series about habits that if we'll execute them, they will impact our lives, not just for 2022, but forever. And, I, and, and it, it came to me, and I stole some up from a book called Win the Day by Mark Batterson, an amazing author, an amazing book. But I was like, I don't want to just win the day. I want to win the year. And I know, like, you win the day over and over. You keep winning the day. You win the year. But I want to win the year. So I want to take these habits, and I want to make them like, what does it look like in the long haul? How can we do this for the long haul? So today, I want to talk to you about something called Flip the Script. Flip the Script. I don't know about you guys. I know what my life is like, right? And I'm not a perfect guy. Right? I, I'm not. I, I struggle with things. But I, I, in my life, at, at different times, I deal with a barrage of thoughts. Anybody else do it? And they're not always good thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't be so bad if they were always thoughts like, you're amazing, and you're incredible, and you can bench press that, and you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would, I'd be like, yeah, I'd walk around hyped up, like that video all the time, ready to run through a brick wall. But that's not life for anybody, is it? We deal with negative Thoughts. We deal with thoughts that aren't going. There are times I wake up and I'm dealing with a decision here at Radiate Church, and it's like, you ain't the guy for this. There, there's times I go to preach and I stand up on the stage and I'm like, nobody's here. And then there's times I stand up and I'm like, everybody's here. Right? And it's just like our emotions mess with us, right? And then there's some weeks where it's like, I'm personally going to every single person's house and throwing them in my trunk and getting them here. And it just is, it's just emotions figure into this whole thing and there's some days where I wake up and I'm like you're killing this thing you're the guy this is gonna be incredible and then like an hour later it's like you're horrible is anybody else besides me right and 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 and, it, and what happens is if we're not careful it, it either ruins or makes our day or our hour or for some of us even our minute honestly I learned I figured out something about myself last year and I saw it happen again this year New Year's Day for whatever reason it was always tough for me I don't know why it's just a mentally tough day because I fight more negativity on New Year's Day than I do any other day at one time. It's really strange, but I think it's because I'm trying to restart some things. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat healthier. Oh, yeah, how about that Christmas tree cake? Oh, man, I'm going to the gym. Oh, yeah, is that why you missed this morning? Right? You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just these thoughts. And then, like yesterday, y'all, I'm just being real with you. We're at 1130. I can be honest with you guys, right? You can be, can be my counsel. Like, yesterday, I was like, this thought came across. Are you really the guy to take that church where it needs to go? 
And there came a point where I was like, you daggum right I am, because I'm called, because that's what God asked me to do, right? At points, we all deal with it. And I'm telling you all that because I want you to know I'm no different than you are. And I know you deal with that because I talk to you and I see you. And, and I see your social media. Psst. It ain't on private. <laughs> right? And like, we all deal with that at times. But here's what I've learned. I've learned that what my mind is doing is simply reading a script that I've put in front of it and trained it to read back to me over years. It's like, think about it like a movie set. What do main characters or any character, what are they trained to do? Read the script, act out the script. That's all they do. All they do on that camera is what they've been taught to do, what they've been told to do, what they've been written out for them to do. And a lot of times when our brains are doing that, all it's doing is reading back to us what we've told it over years and years in years, in years, right? And I'm learning in my life that I'm 30, I'm 38 years old, right? Some of you are like, you look like a five-year-old. And then some of you are like, that's old. I told my son not too long ago, I was 38. He looked at me, he was like, dad, you're old. I will drop kick you. Um, but like in 38 years, here's what I have to know. I've taught my brain, I've given my brain, I've given my mind a script. Good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't matter. Through experiences, through information, through uh, a leadership, through other people, my mind has been given a script. And when I'm not in control, all that begins to happen is the script begins to read back to me. So if I don't like what the script is saying, guess what I have to do? Flip the script. I have to change the script. I have to learn to go, no, that's not the truth. That's not the case. And then I have to sometimes go, yeah, that is the case. It may hurt to acknowledge it, but it is the case. And we have to learn to flip the script in our lives. And I love what Mark Batterson says about this. I love what Mark Batterson says about changing the story. Here's what he says. He says, the difference between success and failure is the stories we tell ourselves. True or false, those stories become self-fulfilling prophecies. If you tell yourself the wrong story, guess what? You live a lie. But if you want to change your life, watch this, you start by changing your story. If you want to change your life, you start by changing your story. How do we change our story? In this world, in Radiate Church, what I believe is you start by changing your relationship with God. Because watch this, if I live to the success of the world and God is not in it, I have not found success at all. I've created my own platform. I've become my own God. And now I do my own thing apart from him. And that is not success. That is a false kingdom. And it's called idolatry. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live that way. And so I have to get in and I have to know, what does the Bible say about me? What does the Bible say to me? And I found this interesting correlation between all this stuff, right? Between all these things. So in Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read verses 19 and 20. In Genesis chapter 2, if you know anything about the book of Genesis, maybe you do, maybe you don't. In the very beginning, he creates the world, right? It says that him, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus were hovering over the earth, and they created the world, and they created man, and they created all this stuff. And all these things were taking place, right? So he's created it all. And then Genesis chapter 2, 19 through 20, actually says this. It says, out of the ground, so it's created. It says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. 
And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Have you ever, maybe you've read that before, maybe you haven't. But is in your mind, maybe your mind works like mine, but I just kind of go, why Adam? I don't think God was like, you know what? I'm not creative enough to come up with names. I don't think God was at a loss for what to name them. But you have to kind of dig deep. Are y'all good digging deeper today? Can we dig a little deeper? Because we'll miss a really important part if we don't. See, the Bible taught us that when Adam came along, when Adam came along, he was given dominion over the earth, over every beast of the field, over every bird of the sky, over every fish in the sea. He was given dominion. When you name something, you have dominion over that thing. Dominion is domination or authority over it, right? So God was setting the hierarchy. He was saying, you, Adam, are in charge of the earth. And now since you are in charge of the earth, you name the species. Now let's dig a little bit deeper than that, right? Because a name is pretty cool, right? My name's Brandon, right? That's an awesome name. Not in today's world. Um, for multiple reasons. But, like, that's my name. Y'all don't turn that into something that's not. All right? Let's just not. I'm not, I'm not going to end up on the Internet. All right? Let's not do this. And so, like, my name is Brandon, right? And so Adam wasn't just going, hey, I'm going to create the English language for the year 2022 for Radiate Church. I'm not doing that. Adam didn't go, I'm going to call that a pelican and that a blue jay and that a snake and that a cow and that a horse and you just whatever, a lamb, a sheep, whatever. That's not what Adam was doing. So you have to understand in the Bible, especially in Jewish culture, names weren't names. He wasn't determining, determining what they'd be called. He was determining what they would become. He was giving them purpose. Names meant purpose. It wasn't a label it was a purpose. It wasn't a label. It was who he would be. It wasn't a label. It was who he would become. And so when he said, Adam, you name every beast of the field. You name every bird of the sky. You name every fish of the sea. What he was not saying was, hey, I need you to tell Radiate Church what to call them one day. He was saying, I need you to give them purpose. I need you to decide what they will become, not be called. And if you read the Bible long enough, and you read enough of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see a lot of playing with names. You see God show up in the middle of people's lives and change their name. He changed Abram to Abraham. Why? Because he'd be a father of many nations. Abraham means father of many nations. He, he changed names in the middle of their life. I, I could hang out in the Old Testament and show you that. I'd rather show you that in the New Testament. Flip with me real quick over to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Why the New Testament? Because I want us to always learn that there is a connection between Old and New Testament. It all threads together beautifully of God showing us the, 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 the grace and forgiveness and love of a father throughout the entire Old and New Testament. So here's what happens in John chapter 1. All right, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, you got John who's there with two of his disciples, one of which is Andrew. Jesus shows up. They begin talking to Jesus. They notice that there's something different about Jesus. John had told them about Jesus. So Jesus shows up. They ask him kind of, hey, where are you staying? You tell us where you're staying. We're going to follow you there. Jesus basically says, come, come with me and follow me. And so Andrew uh, and John and the disciples spend some time with Jesus. And somewhere in between that lapse, there's not a lot of indication or details about what happened in that, 
moment where they spent some time with Jesus. But somewhere in that time with Jesus, something shifted in Andrew's life. Something shifted in John's life because we have to read it this way. All right, so follow me. I can't read it that they already knew Jesus was the Messiah because in, in that day, they were still waiting on the Messiah. They were waiting on the Son of God. When we read it, we know the end. So we know who he was. They didn't. They had an indication, but they didn't. So somewhere in the time that they spent with Jesus, they, they understood he is the Messiah. He is the one. So much so, it changed their life so much so. Watch this. In John chapter 1, verses 41 and 42, it says this. He, uh, being Andrew, he found his own brother Simon, and he said to him, we have found the Messiah, translated Christ. Christ translated means the anointed one. Here's what Andrew's saying. He goes, man, Simon, I know we've been waiting. I know you're busy. I understand TikTok is really interesting right now. I get it, man. You got to respond to the trolls all over social media. Hey, YouTube, man, they are good. They know what they're doing. I get it. Simon, you got to stop for a second. Listen to me. We've been waiting on the Messiah. We've been waiting on the Son of God. We've been waiting on the Savior. Simon, you got to come with me. You can't stand here. You can't sit here and play PS5 anymore. We got to go. We got to go meet him. And in verse 42, it starts with this. And he brought him to Jesus. What an invitation. What an invitation. Andrew wanted his brother's life. He loved his brother so much. He goes, I need to impact your eternity forever right now. Andrew, I, I, Simon, I, I, you cannot wait. Like, I, I understand. We've had our fights. We've had our quarrels. Life is tough. Life is easy. Whatever situation you're in. Andrew, I love you. Or Simon, I love you so much. You got to come with me. You got to meet this man named Jesus. You got to get here, and he's changed my life, and I only spent a couple hours with him. You got to come and meet him. And he takes him to Jesus. What an invite that would be. What if our invites weren't like, uh, man, you know, if you want to come to church, that'd be great. I go to this church, I go to Radiate, and I like it. You may not like it. I like, no, what if we were just like, no, you got to come and meet this guy named Jesus. He's right here. I know where he's at. He's changed my life. I spent just a couple hours with him, and I'm just starting this relationship, but everything about my life has changed. I'm not the same guy or the same girl I was. Come on, just sit with me. All you got to do is sit with me. I'm telling you, if we would invite people to the power of Jesus, rather than, than whatever else, I'm telling you, everything would shift. We couldn't hold the people in this room. We'd have to go buy a Walmart somewhere and pack that out. And then a stadium. Why? Because it's all about what he does in our lives. He changes everything. So much so. Let's finish reading verse 42. He says, he took him to Jesus. So Simon shows up and he's in the presence of Jesus. He's hanging out with Jesus. And it says that Jesus looks at him and he says, you are Simon, the son of John, which me and my sarcasm, I would have looked at him and been like, yeah, you got me. That's me, right? But he doesn't stop there. He says, you are Simon, the son of John. And then what does he say? You shall be called Cephas, which is translated to Peter. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Andrew spends an hour or two with Jesus his life is impacted. Andrew goes and gets Simon. 
He says, you got to come and meet this guy. you got to sit in his presence. After just a little bit of time in his presence, it says he sits down and he looks at Simon, and he goes, you're Simon, son of John. Yeah, that's who I am. Good job. And he goes, you've spent enough time with me now that your life is going to be forever changed. You will no longer be Simon. You are now Cephas. You are known as Peter. Why? Why is that important? Well, let's flip back over because it all connects together. Let's flip back over to Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, here's what we know. We know that in this moment, Simon or Peter and Jesus have already met. So they're past the meeting phase. And now they're having conversations of discipleship. And John, uh, Peter, I mean, uh, Jesus looks at Peter or Simon and he goes, hey, who do they, who does everyone say that I am? I preached on this before. And they said, oh, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're a great prophet. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say this, some say that. I say... You know, oh, actually, you didn't say that yet. He says, some say John the Baptist, all this, and Jesus is like, okay, that's good, that's great, that's great. Who do you say that I am? And he says, I say that you are, let's, let's read it. Um, and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So he looks at him, he goes, you are the son of the living God. You are Jesus. Let's translate it. You are the one we've all been waiting for. We've dedicated our lives waiting on you. Can I ask you this question? This hit me in the last service. This wasn't even in my notes. A lot of times we spend our lives committing to Jesus whenever he comes through. But will we commit to him waiting on him to come through? Will we wait on him to show himself? Because we believe that much. And we believe that deeply. I'm going to tell you something. I'm at that place in my life where I go, I'll wait. If you don't show up the way that I think you should, I'll wait. If you show up the way that you think you should, I'll still wait. If you never show up, I'll wait because I trust you. Will we wait? They wait. He goes, you're the one we've been waiting on. Watch. Here's what he continues to say. Verse 17. And Jesus said to him, we're going to go 17 to 19. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Hey, we can't miss this. We can't miss this. So I have this phrase in leadership, head, heart, hands. All three have to be included. Head, information, heart, spirit, hands, doing, serving, right? And here's the thing. Watch this. They knew Scripture. They knew the history of the Israelites. They knew Exodus. They knew creation. They knew all that stuff in, in Jewish culture. They knew all of it. And so Jesus looks at them, and he goes, it, you don't know this from head. You don't know this just from the information you've gathered. You know this from my Father. You don't know this from flesh and blood. And in other words, nobody taught you this. It was revealed to you. Hear me. You will always grow closer to God whenever you lean into a spirit than whenever you just try to know everything. It all comes alive. I can know a lot. We need to know a lot. But when I put his spirit on my information, it changes everything. He goes, There's, God spoke to you. God told you who I was. Not some, some rabbi. Not some per God told you that personally. That was a personal conversation. And so he goes, he said, Flesh and blood do not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18, I also say to you, so he continues going, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's an awful lot of responsibility. All because you had the right answer to a question? 
That's like me walking up and going, hey, you're Michael Floyd. And he's like, here is the keys to my house and my car, and you are now me at work. And whatever you want, I make happen. And whatever you don't want, I will take away. That's essentially what happened, but that's not what happened. Because we have to understand what Cephas means, or Peter means. Peter means rock. I'm going somewhere. Are you still with me? He shows up in the middle of a man's life and completely changes his name. And he goes, you'll never be called Simon. You won't be known as Simon anymore. Simon means listener. You'll be known as Peter. Peter means rock. And on the rock of the revelation that you just got from God, I will build the church. I will use you to start the church. And then in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls, tongues of fire come down, all that stuff happens at Pentecost. What happens? Peter stands up, starts preaching. 3,000 people get saved. And the church in the next 20 years goes from 3,000 to 100,000 people. I don't know about you. I'm ready to see that again. I'm ready to see thousands of people walk into this building and accept Jesus into their life. I'm ready to see marriages restored. I'm ready to see healings happen whenever people are sick. I'm ready to watch people get come in brokenhearted. Ain't nobody with me in the room, but I'm excited about it. Watch people brokenhearted and walk out whole again. I'm ready to watch dreams restored. You know what I'm saying? Peter was called it. Why? He was the rock. He was the rock. He was the foundation. He was the steady one. But if you know anything about Peter, he wasn't very steady. In fact, Peter was a little crazy. Peter was really emotional. Because Peter was the one that in the, in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, guess what he did? Jesus is there. He's praying. Guards show up. Peter goes, not on my watch. He pulls his sword out. Scott! He cuts off the dude's ear. Just in a moment. Everybody needs somebody like Peter in their life. That'll cut off an ear for somebody else. Somebody else's ear if they mess with you. My wife is sweet as can be. Mess with me, she got a sword somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Jesus looks at him, he's like, Peter, what are you doing? That is not how we do this thing. And he grabs, this is pretty boss move. This is pretty great. He picks up the dude's ear and he goes, and it just grows right back. It's right back. Like it never happened. And Peter is like, oh, my bad. Sorry, sorry, Jesus. I was trying to help. I guess I didn't. That's a pretty emotional decision, right? Like, hey, don't mess with him. Ha! Jesus like, no, nah, that's not what we're doing here. Not only did he do that, watch this. They, Jesus is talking about, Jesus is talking about his death and the, and the power behind it and what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit shows up. Jesus is talking about his death. And all of a sudden, Peter goes, hey, Jesus, come over here for a second. Just me and you. Just me and you. They stay over there. Me and you, Jesus. We got to have a talk. Peter calls Jesus over here, over here and he goes, what are you doing? Jesus, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about you dying. We're not talking about you leaving. We're not talking about you going to heaven. Jesus, I'm your personal PR director right now. Stop it. It's not helping business. Quit. Peter rebukes Jesus. Can you imagine being the one that goes, hey, I know you're the son of God and all, and like, I know you're Jesus, and I know you're the Savior, but can you just stop? We kind of do that a lot too, though, don't we? Anyway, so he rebukes Jesus. Then watch what he does. It's pretty emotional. Then he goes, Jesus looks at, Je at Peter and he goes, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, not me. Will not. I love you too much. Jesus is like, no, you don't, you're going to do it. And he's like, no. -uh. So they go. They arrest Jesus. He's going to Golgotha. They're trying to pick out his disciples to punish them, right? They go to Peter and they're like, hey, do you know who that man is? Nope, never seen him before in my life. Rooster crows. Peter's like, oh, shoot. 
Man. All right, I got two more chances. <laughs> so later on, they come to him again. Hey, do you know that man? Because we need to find his disciples. And if you know him, you need to tell me. I'll find out. That's why I tell my kids, I'll find out. I think that's what they were looking at him like. We'll find out. Nah, I've never seen him before in my life. Don't even know who he is. I don't even like his beard. I don't, I don't know. That's not me. Rooster crows again. He's like, dang, blame it. Ah, one more shot. So then they come, and he's sitting around a fire, and they're like, he talks like him. He even acts like he's got to be one of the disciples because the way he speaks is even like Jesus speaks. Can I ask you this? Is that how we speak? The more time we spend with the Savior, the more we should act, talk, and look like him. He, he spent so much time with him, he started to talk like him. And it says in the Bible that he even began to change how he spoke. And he said things Jesus wouldn't have spoke on purpose because he was like, no, I don't know the man. I'm not one of his disciples. Leave me alone. Rooster crows a third time. Prophecy's been fulfilled. But yet it's the same man that in Acts chapter 2 shows up and he's trusted. <laughs> he's trusted with preaching the gospel and 3,000 people coming into the kingdom and the church is birthed that day and 100,000 people over the next 20 years come and be a part of it. Why Peter? Here's why. Jesus flipped the script. Jesus flipped the script. He goes, I'm not going to speak to who you are because who you are is Simon. I'm speaking to who you will become. You are going to become the rock. You're going to become the start. You're going to become the foundation. You're going to become Peter. But right now you're Simon. So I want to ask you, who's, who's naming you? Who's naming you? See, some of you, for those of you that wear your name tag, good job. I'm proud of you. The rest of you will pray over you after service. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. Um, <laughs> but if I were to look at your name tags, the truth is, you probably wrote something pretty positive on there. You know why? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Because when we're in front of people, depending on our environment, we, we know what to write and what to do. We know how to think. We can control our mind. We flip our script in that moment. But if I were to go to your home when it's just me and you or you and you, and I said, now write it down, chances are it'd be things like loser, not smart enough, not disciplined enough. I, 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 I want to I eat better, but I ain't, I've never been disciplined. I've never been organized. I can't be that kind of leader. I can't lead that kind of thing. I can't, I can't, I can't. Chances are we'd go to the negative. Why? Because of the script. But what would happen if we created a habit of flipping that script? If we created a habit of declaring some things, because I don't want us to answer to the wrong names. I don't want us to answer to the wrong calling anymore. I don't want us to answer to the wrong purpose anymore. Because maybe we answer to the wrong name because we don't know the name that he's calling us. We haven't listened to that. Let me tell you what Jesus, what God's calling you. This is all out of scripture. This is just the start. I could go all day on what he's called you. Let me tell you who God calls you. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, he calls you a child of God. In John 15, 15, he calls you a friend of Jesus. In Romans 3, 24, he calls you justified and redeemed. In, in, in Romans 6, 6, he calls you free from sin. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, he calls you forgiven. In Romans 8, 17, he calls you an heir with Christ. In Romans 15, 7, he calls you accepted. In 1 Corinthians 1, 30, he he 
calls you sanctified. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he calls you a temple of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he calls you a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 again, he calls you righteous. In Ephesians 1, 3, he calls you blessed. In Ephesians 1, 4, he calls you chosen. In Ephesians 2, 10, he calls you his workmanship. In Philippians 3, 20, he calls you a citizen of heaven. In Colossians 2, 10, he calls you complete. And in 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, he calls you loved. That's your name. That's who you are. Not what everybody else has said. And when I answer to the wrong names, I forget what he calls me. You're not too far gone. You're not too bad. You're not too messed up. You're not too intellectual. You're not too stupid. You're not too whatever. You are what he says you are. And you know what I love about this? It gets real personal. Because in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, when it talks about the meeting of the bride and the groom, us the bride, him the groom, it says, on that day, he will give us a white rock. And on that rock will be written a name that only you and him know. And it's only for you. He already knows your name. And what is a name? A name is a purpose. He already knows what he wants you to be. Stop answering to everything else. If you're not organized enough, get organized. It it doesn't matter. Do what you got to do. But I'm telling you, the name you answer to is what you will become. And in 2022, I don't want you to walk out of here and go, oh, that was a good New Year's message. Man, forget a New Year's message. I'm I'm tired of preaching messages that people go, oh, that was good, and we walk out of here and never live it out. No, 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 no. Let us hear a message that goes, that's God, and I want to go deeper, and I want to live it out, not just starting now, but ending later. I want to I live this thing for eternity. I want it to change my life. What name are you answering to? Because maybe it's time to flip the script. Maybe it's time to flip the script. I was thinking about this yesterday, or, or yeah, yesterday, when I had some of the thoughts that I shouldn't have, and I just went, flip the script, and I started reading some of that. Flip the script. Why do you tell me so much about your life, Pastor? Because I ain't perfect. You're not perfect. We all deal with the exact same stuff. And in 2022, I'm just crazy enough to think that if we'd answer to the right names and we'd learn to flip the script, that maybe we'd live more blessed and maybe we'd follow God a little bit more and maybe I don't have to be discouraged and maybe I don't always have to be depressed and maybe anxiety doesn't have to be my calling. Maybe now I can be an heir with Christ, a child of God, a friend of Jesus. Maybe now I can be forgiven and redeemed, justified and, and, and sanctified. Maybe now I can be something else. Why? Because that's who God says that I am. So you didn't walk in here today without God knowing who you are. He knows exactly who you are, and he's already got your name written on a rock and a purpose for your life. And I can't think of a better day to start walking that thing out than today. In fact, so much so that we had somebody at the 10 o'clock raise their hand and give their life to Jesus today, all because that's what they needed to do to flip the script. So here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to just pray over you. So if you would, just bow your heads with me. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing insane. I'm going to pray over every person. We're getting ready to serve you. But I just want to ask if there's anybody in the room that would go, you know what? To flip the script, I need Jesus. To flip the script, I need to give him my life. To flip the script, I've got to start with salvation in my life today. And like for real mean it and commit to him. If that's you and you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, I'd love nothing more 
than to have a prayer with you in this moment. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to call you out, but I do want to see your hand because I want to pray with you. If that's you, would you hold your hand up high right where you are? Amen. They're going to slip something in your hand. All we're going to do is give you some resources to walk this thing out. That's it. That's it. Now, here at Radiate Church, we have this value. We do life together. And so I want everybody in the room to just say this as loud as you can. Repeat after me this prayer. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiveness. Come on, say it with me. Thank you for forgiveness. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. Thank you for making room for me in the family of God today. I love you, Jesus. Come on, give it up for one person that gave their life to Jesus in the room today. Let me pray over you. Father, we honor you. We love you. We give you all that we have. And today, today we want to flip a script. If you want your flip, uh, script flipped today and you're ready for that, would you hold your hand up like you're reaching for something from heaven today? Just hold it up all over this room. Hands are going up. Pray for me. Pray for me right here. Just reach for something from heaven. God, I just pray every person that's got their hand raised and that is living this thing out, God, that right now that life would be changed, that scripts would be flipped right now, that everything's going to shift starting today. God, for the people that are starting with salvation, I thank you for that. God, for the people that are starting where they are and they're going beginning to change the negative self-talk, help us create a habit of flipping the script because you are changing the name of our lives and our purpose, and we want to live that out. Father, we love you. We honor you and we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, make some noise for Jesus in the room.